0: Generation that seeks and reveals God. Psalm we'll... 24. Last week we read the whole chapter, but today I want to only read verse 6. Psalm 24, verse 6 it says, This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him. Who seek your face? Salah. Salah means stop, pause, and think. Alright? So this is Jacob. The generation of those who seek him. The generation of those who seek God. The problem with our generation today is that we seek every other thing but God. We seek our own pleasure. We seek our own comfort. We seek our own convenience more than we seek God. We seek positions. We seek titles. We seek to rise on the corporate ladder. And and there's nothing wrong with those things. But first things first. First things first. And it's unfortunate that even in the church, even in the church, people don't know how to seek God. People don't seek God anymore. People seek anointing. Come on, people seek miracles. People seek prophets who can prophesy, prophesy, tell me my name. (laughs) We seek wealth. There's nothing wrong with those things, but please understand the heart of God. The heart of God is that we seek Him and that we seek His face. He wants us to seek His face. He wants us to know Him. He wants to be intimate with us. He wants us to be intimate with Him. And some of us, we seek God once in a while. Okay, I mean at least least it's good. At least to seek Him. Even if it's once in a while, it's not bad. It's a good start. But you know what? God wants us to seek Him daily. He wants us to seek Him daily. He wants to. He wants us to relate with Him daily. He wants us to interact with Him daily. That is the heart of God. Do you know why in the garden, God used to come down to commune with Adam? The Bible says he came in the cool of the day. Why did God create man? Is it because he wanted to prove that he was strong? He doesn't need to prove to anyone. But he created us because he wanted us to relate with him. He wants he to wants fellowship with us. And you know what? He made us in his image. After his likeness. He didn't make us like angels. Heaven is full of angels. But he decided to make us because he, he, he wants beings that are like him. Angels are not like him. But we are like him. And he made us be like him so that he could spend time with us. He could spend time with us. He wants to come down and relate with us. Talk to us. Commune with us. Hear our thoughts. Hear our heart. The Bible says as it is. So we are. But many of us have been living below our rights. We've been living below our privileges. We've been living below the standard that God has created us to live. We've been living far below We are now living at the mercy of circumstances. Mm -hmm. We're now living at the mercy of situations. And some of us are even living in fear. Fear of terror. Fear of Satan. Fear of disease. Fear of whatever. But you know why people live fearful? It's because they've not been with him. There is no way you can live, interact with God, and then walk out fearful. That's right. That's right. It's not possible. That's right, yeah. It's not possible. And sometimes when you see people who are, who are courageous, who are bold, and especially people who have walked with God, you look at them and you think they are arrogant. It's not arrogance. It's because of who they've been with. It's because of who they've been with. And sometimes I declare certain things, I make certain statements, and you wonder, why is he talking like that? You know why? Because I've been with him. That's why I can boldly say the things I say. I'm not saying what I'm saying because I read some book somewhere. It's good to read. Because reading opens your mind. Yeah. But listen, <laughs> there's nothing as good as you spending time with God. Yeah. Yeah. And you walk out of that place with confidence. Mm-hmm. You can face whatever challenge is before you. You can face whatever situation. The state of the economy doesn't shake your mind. You're not perturbed by any situation. If they come and announce that they are retrenching people, you don't panic. Why? Because you've been with the creator of heaven and earth. The creator of heaven and earth himself, he is there. And guess what? He is able not only to give you a job, He's able to make you a provider of jobs. Yeah. Amen. Are you getting me? Yeah. Oh, pastor, they're about to repossess my this, my that. So what? So what? What's the worst case scenario? Face the worst case scenario. Look at the scenario... Eyeball to eyeball and say, hey, I'm not afraid of you. I've been with God today. And you know what? That situation will look at you and will be intimidated. Because you've been with God. You've been with God. Even Satan will be intimidated when you spend time with God. When you've been walking with God. That's why Jesus says, with God, nothing is impossible. Mm-hmm. Now, religion will tell you that, oh, yeah, God can do anything. And that is true. God can do anything. But it, when he says, with God, all things are possible, it means walking with God. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Wow. Come on. Yeah? Wow. You and I. Mm. You see? Yeah. He is with Pastor. Yeah, things become possible. Yes. Yeah, with me. Yeah, if you are with me, there are certain things by reason of who I am that you enter into. No, that's true. Yeah. So he says, with God, all things are possible. So if you are walking with God, you are not afraid of impossibilities. Come on. Come on. So good. Yeah? yeah? You're not afraid. I'm not afraid of any bad news. I am not, honestly, God is my witness. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. The psalmist said, though the earth be moved. Yeah. So I'm not afraid What a meteorite is coming to strike the earth and this... I'm walking with God. I'm walking with God. So I'm not afraid. Yeah. But that kind of confidence only comes to those who seek Him. You need to seek Him. And not just seek Him, seek His face. His face, because the problem with our generation is that we seek His hand. Yeah? True. yeah? Because His hand is full of provision. Yeah. The psalmist say He opens His hand and He satisfies. Sure. The whole of creation feeds from His hands. Mm-hmm. The animals, the birds of the air, everyone, every one of them take from His hands. But you need to show that you are better than the animals. You need to show that you are better than the lion in the jungle. Okay? You need to show that you are better than the rhino. You need to show that you are better than the birds of the air. They are constantly seeking his hands. But we need to seek his face. Seek the face of God. We need to be that generation that is seeking the face of God. You wake up in the morning and say, Lord, what do you look like today? I want to know what you look like today. Yeah. What does he look like this morning? Do you know what he looks like this morning? Many people think that God just has one fixed look. You'll be amazed when you read the Bible. <laughs> when you read the Bible, yeah. Sometimes some people see him, he's like a flame of fire. Okay. Then sometimes they see him again. It's like precious stones. <laughs> Hallelujah. Precious stones. I read Revelation. You see there. Then hmm? some people see him. He looks like just ordinary man. So much that they can't recognize him. Like on the road to Emmaus. His own disciples were walking with him. Talking with him. And they didn't know he was the one. They didn't recognize it. And I told you that the the Hebrew word for face is panim, which means faces. Faces. So God, religion will keep you stuck in one experience of God but there are fresh, new experiences available every day. Every day. Every day. Hmm? My wife was sharing uh, an experience she had where she saw him driving in a car and he stopped, looked at her, smiles. And she says, as she was looking, she's saying in her heart, Oh, I wish I could be like you. And he says to her, As I am, so are you. Amen. Amen. But you've seen him before. Did he, did he look like that? Like how you've seen him before? This was a different face. A different face. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And this time he was driving in a car, right? A a vehicle, well. Gold plated, gold. Gold. Never seen it. It was gold. Pure gold. When I tell you, seek his face, I know what I'm talking about. Don't be stuck with religion. Okay? Yeah. What you saw yesterday is not the ultimate. There is another face. Hallelujah. There is another face. There is another face. So this is the generation that seeks it seek his face. You need to experience that. Every one of us. You don't need to be a pastor to experience that. Yeah. If he's your father, it's just normal. I mean, think about it. You, 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 you have a father who is alive and then you are deprived from seeing him. It says your father, oh, he's too important. Don't, don't see him. You can just, okay, they bring pictures to be showing you. They are showing you his picture. This is his picture. And then they are bringing recordings of his voice. And they say, oh, this is what he's saying. You never get to see him. Is that normal? It's not normal. But religion tells us we should be satisfied with that. Should be satisfied with that. No. I refuse to be satisfied. I want to go beyond the veil. Jesus tore the veil. He tore the veil. Why? Because God was shut up behind that veil for so many generations. And he couldn't wait. Since the time of Adam, he's been longing to come close to us. He's been longing, you know, to to come, stand before us, and commune with us. He's been longing for that, longing for that. And he sent Jesus. Jesus came down and, you know, demonstrated to us the love of the Father. He showed us how much God loved us. And he paid the ultimate price. Why? So that we can be reconciled to God. Now, the veil has been opened. It's by choice. Whether you experience Him or not. It's a matter of choice. It's according to your hunger now. If you are satisfied with His hands, He will continue to give you whatever it is. Make no mistake about that. Because he's a good God, he will continue to give you. Oh, God, I need this. Okay, you can have it. Oh, can you give me this? You can have it. Can you give me this? You then that's where it remains. You only know him as a provider. It would be so sad if your child only knew you as a provider. It would be really sad. But imagine if your child comes, just sits down in front of you, is looking at your face and says, Mommy, he looks so beautiful today. How will that, how would you feel? Huh? Your child comes and says, Dad, can we, can we go and play? Hmm? He's not asking for anything. Just wants to play with you. That's how we should be with God. That's right. That's how we should be with God. I'm telling you the truth. Stop looking for things that are not missing. Yeah. 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 Wow. In His face, there's so much. So much you can get from His face. We saw that Jacob, in Genesis 32, verse 30, he said, I have seen the face of God, and my life was what? Preserved. So in his face, there's preservation. There is preservation. If you see his face, you cannot be killed. Somebody comes, is trying to kill you, and you are before the face of God. Are you going to be afraid? No. You're not going to be afraid. Some of you heard the testimony of uh, our brother, Boneway, the other time. That was, he was shot, but the bullet didn't hit him. <laughs> How do you explain that? The bullet comes out, smashes the glass, Huh? And it doesn't touch him. At close range. Imagine someone is standing by your window. Pulls the trigger. It smashes the window. And it doesn't touch you. How do you explain that? God's face can preserve life. It can preserve your life. Huh? You cannot keep your your. you cannot preserve your life. Do you, know, you don't have the power to preserve your life. There are things you can do here and there, you know, to make sure you are secure and all of that. That's at best that's what you can do. But in terms of preserving your life, <laughs> only he can do that. Okay, but his face, his says, I have, Ah huh? Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. That was where he had a vision, and he saw heaven open, and then he saw angels ascending and descending as from a ladder. You know, at that time, they didn't have staircases. So in my mind, I'm thinking, he probably saw a, stair, a, a staircase, and he called it a ladder. <laughs> That's my sanctified imagination working. All right? So, because how many people can be on a, on a, on a ladder at the same time? <laughs> One to be safe. <laughs> yeah. But on a staircase, you can have so many going up at the same time. Coming down at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, for I have seen the face of God. Why? Because God stood there and says, I'm the God of your father. The God of Abraham and Isaac. He had not yet become the God of Jacob. At that time, he was still the God of Abraham and Isaac. But for him to say, to put his name mm. by your name. Mm. Yeah, you must have sought him. Mm. Are you understanding me? Yeah. So, it should get to a point that I am the God of Wani. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it, that's how it should be. Do I you, do you seek that? Yeah, yeah. Huh? It says, "I am the God of putty. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, I receive it. Yeah, you see, when you read the Bible, you need to learn to appropriate it to your life. Amen. So that it's not just a book of stories. Amen. He should be my God. Yeah. Yeah. He should be proud to say, I'm the God of Eric. Why not? Why not? Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, what you are seeking. Mm -hmm. But listen to me, there's something I'm seeking. Mm -hmm. There's a kind of relationship I'm pursuing right now. Mm -hmm. Telling you, there's a kind of relationship I'm pursuing right now. And I'm not going to be distracted by anything. It doesn't matter how many billions you give to me. I'm still going to, that will not stop me yeah. from pursuing him. Yeah. Because I know the billions will come. Come on. Yeah. 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 So it's just a matter of time. But, hey, my face is before him. Yeah. I want to seek him. Do you want to seek him? Yeah. Yes. yes. The face of the Lord, we will seek. Because if you seek His face, your life will be what? Preserved. Preserved. How many people want their lives preserved? Okay, that's good. If you want your lives preserved, then you need to understand that the best way to preserve your life is to seek Him. Amen? Amen? Yeah. So there is life in His face. There's life in his face. But one of the things I noticed about thinking about his face is I discovered that there are great exploits. And when I say exploits, miracles, signs, wonders, and all of that in his face. Yeah. If that is what you seek. Look at John chapter uh, chapter 5. Jesus makes a statement in verse 19. John chapter 5, verse 19. And Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what? What he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. So, you, you, do you see what's happening? Jesus is constantly seeking the Father, yeah. observing the Father, seeking His face, and looking into His eyes. See, what is the Father doing? That's the key to His success. It's not some uh, uh, five steps to becoming a self-made millionaire, No, no. He's looking into the Father's eyes. And whatever he sees, he goes out and he does it. He goes back again. He looks. And when he sees, he comes back. He does it. So he's telling us here, he says, look, you guys, you think I'm special. He says, it's not my work. The things I'm doing, they're not mine. It's the Father. Amen. So, the key is to continue to relate with Him in such a way that you are able to see. In other words, in close proximity. Amen. Do you understand? Yeah. In close proximity. You are so close to the Father. You're looking, looking. And you're looking and you say, wow. The Father moved His hand like that. Okay. I'm going to move it like that. Then something happens. Power comes out. Why do you think Jesus would walk to the pool of Bethesda? Alright? And the Bible tells us that there were many important folk there. Right? Jesus only walks to one man. (laughs) Come on. Look at it. John chapter 5. Look at verse, uh, at the beginning, verse 1. It says, after, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, verse 2. And there is in Jerusalem, by the ship gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. Okay? In these lay a great multitude of sick people. All right, he goes there. A great, what? Multitude of sick people. Blind people were there. Lame people were there. Paralyzed people waiting for the moving of the water. Why? Because they say that there's a time that an angel comes to stir the waters. And whenever the angel stirs the water, the first person to get in, gets healed. Okay? Let's go down. Look at what it says. Then it says, For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool. A certain time. There is no fixed time. So nobody had the schedule of the angel. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> nobody had the schedule. Huh? He, at a certain time, he He gets into the pool, stirs up the water. Then whomever steps in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. So I can imagine. You know, imagine Bara, all those sick people, in one pool. Not a river, a pool. You can imagine the crowd. And everybody is alert. Waiting. Yeah. Even if the wind blows, I'm sure some people, some people will quickly enter. Then they discover, no, it was just a wind. It wasn't the angel. I could imagine how many false starts they had. Then look at verse 5. Let's read verse 5. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. 38 years. How old are you? 38 years. With the same condition. Right? Next verse. Look. When Jesus saw him lying there, He knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? Come on, Jesus. Come on. Jesus, what's wrong with you? you? You know the condition, right? You know that these people are here because they all want to be healed, right? That's why they have left their homes. Come on. They left their homes. Come here. They are, it's not convenient for them to be here. Come rain. Come sunshine. They are there. Summer, winter, whatever. They are there. And you walk up to him and say, do you want to be made well? Come on. I mean, if you were the one, how would you respond to Jesus? First of all, you don't know this man. He just walks up to you. Huh? So, how can you, how? How? Yeah, you will answer the question with a question, right? (laughs) What will I be doing here? Oh, you put two and two together. (laughs) What kind of insult is that? All right? But look at the next verse. Then the sick man answered and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. Question. Is that the answer to this question? That's not the answer. Huh? Man, do you understand English? <laughs> the question is do you want to be made well? The answer should be yes or no, right? No man to put me into the pool. In other words, the people. Came with me and have been here, they are tired of waiting. They've all gone. They've all gone. Look, my friend, man must rest. Hmm? Some of them maybe have gone for lunch. I'm hungry. So, who knows how many times the water was stirred when his helpers were away? Hmm? Who knows? We don't know. So Jesus walks up to him. He says, but while I am coming down, another steps down before me. So he has tried many times. But he still didn't give up. 38 years, 38 years. How many birthdays? Sure. Sure. That's hectic. But look at what happens. Next verse. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. Huh? (laughs) Come on, Jesus. Now, let's be real. Huh? I say I've been here. No man is able to help me. I struggle to move. Okay? Come on, look at me. I'm the one talking. (laughs) Huh? No one is here to help me. And then you say I should rise. Not only that, take my bed and walk. Next verse, you see, look at what he says. And immediately... Come on, let's read it together. I think it's interesting. This is a powerful one. Come on, one, two, three. And immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked, and that was a Sabbath day. Immediately, power came into him. That's why a lot of times they say, what you could not do, do it. Because once he is there, you can take a step. If you could not walk before, you get up and start walking. Once the glory is there. You don't need any help. The Bible doesn't say Jesus, and Jesus helped him to pack his things. No, no, no. Jesus didn't help him. The help Jesus gave to him was an instruction. That was the help. So, and that's why later on, you see, Jesus says, I do nothing. Except what I see my father do. So in the face of the father, Jesus saw this miracle. Are you getting me? Jesus saw this miracle in the face of the father. So guess what? He goes back. He goes to the pool. And he knows who to go for. Why? Because that's the one he saw in the face of the father. That's why you were so successful. Sure. Some of us is hit, you know. Hit and miss. <laughs> <Huh>? Shadow boxing. <laughs> Imagine they blindfold you and they say they put you in the ring to box. That's frustration. That's a recipe for frustration. And that's how... We have been living our lives. So in His face, there are exploits. Say in His face, face, there are exploits. exploits. You can do the impossible impossible when you seek His face. Amen. How many people are ready for the impossible? One of the things the Lord told us as a church is that this church will be characterized. There are three, three words he gave us. Characterized by what? Unimaginable, Unimaginable. Supernatural. the supernatural, and extraordinary. extraordinary. Yeah. yeah, he told us years ago. that mm-hmm. That's one of the things we will be characterized by. Yes. And we've been saying it again and again and again. And it's like, you, we are not yet entering into it. It's time to enter. The unimaginable. If you can imagine it, that is too little. Mm. The unimaginable. Mm. Hmm? Raymond, God is doing, going to do unimaginable things through you. I am telling you, God has made you a mighty warrior, a mighty warrior. Okay? Yeah. You're a warrior in his... Already, it's not that it has been decreed already. You're a mighty warrior. Amen? Amen. Unimaginable things. Even you will be shocked. (laughs) Yeah, you will be shocked. I receive that. Hallelujah. Are you ready? That's why we must seek his Face. face. Seek his face. It's not about how smart you are. It's not about how. It's got nothing to do with any of those things. If you are smart, praise God. Give your smartness to God so that he can use it. Okay? If you are well positioned, just give that to him and he will. Use it to do great things in your life. Should I tell you something else that will happen if you seek His face? Paul made a statement, and it dropped in my heart this morning as I was meditating on this um, message. He made a statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. It's a popular passage. No, I said 23. Alright. He says, can you see that? He says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Now, let me pause there. This happened in the upper room with the disciples. When Jesus... Was having the the Lord's Supper with them. All right? He was having the Lord's Supper. And at that time, was Paul there? Where was he? He was somewhere being religious with a, a, a Pharisee. He was somewhere with Gamaliel. Okay? But the other disciples were there. Paul was not there when it happened. So, when did Paul receive this? Huh? He said, I, I received from the Lord. He didn't say, I received from Peter. Huh? He didn't say, Peter told me, or John told me. No, no, no. He did not receive from those ones. Where did he receive it from? From the Lord. From the Lord. I, can, I cannot tell you how many times. Even my wife, sometimes it's almost, it's, it's almost like uh, she comes to me. There are times that she, she, she receives a, a sermon title or a message, right? Then after some time, she hears somebody the same message. And she says to me, but, you know, I'm surprised. This is what I received from the Lord. And somebody else is saying the same thing. Exactly the same. And he's like, oh, uh, so you went to copy from this person. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, it happens so much, right? Yeah. We've stopped talking about it. But oh, it keeps happening. So the fact that Peter and John were there and they witnessed it, wow. and then Paul came talking about it, does not mean that he has shared notes with Peter do you understand my point it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's like when Pastor Sam came here and he was talking about upgrade and all of that and people were saying hey. they were just surprised and we had just done a series on upgrade and you see we didn't compare any notes And so many times when he comes around and starts saying some things, people will look and say, wow, they've been talking. No. When you are before him, there are things you download. You download stuff. So that's how Paul received this. I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you as I receive it. And then he says, ah, that, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Mm, that's right yes? Next verse, look. And when he had given thanks. Listen, he's narrating the whole, the whole event. When he had given thanks. Not when he broke it, then he gave thanks. No. The right sequence. Yeah? When he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, "He even quotes," <laughs> and said, "Take." This ministry has come to you live from every nation, midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www. Everynationmidrand.org.